and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Ooh, I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. Joining me, the host with the most, that is. With the most. Um, <laughs> joining me, as always, that lovely voice you hear is the digital deacon himself, Mr. Sean Philip Walker. That is not my middle name, but I'll allow it. Sean Clancy Walker? Sean Tom Clancy Walker? Sean Big Blue Walker? Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. Straight out of Ogden. And uh, also joining me is Zachary Hicken, the one, the only. Come down from the north, uh, where we're actually going to be headed back up in a couple of seconds. All hail kings of the north. Um, guys. Go Aggies. Aggies all the way. Can we just talk about real quick? Utah State. Aggies all the way. Our beautiful Ogden school. (laughs) (laughs) The Utah State Aggies. Hey, put some respect on that name. Oh, hells yeah. Okay. They're from Logan. We got to stop this joke after this season. It's a joke. They earned the respect. They earned it. Um, It might be back next season, just depending on what happens with Gary Anderson back. But it's been, okay, it's been a wild year. Today we're talking about the Utah State Aggies. This is our year in review uh, for the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Um, a if, lot you feel, of... if you feel like you missed an episode, go forward, go backwards, go all around. Uh, we're going to, by the time some of you get to this, there might be a uh, torrential barf of podcast episodes. <laughs> so look around you in your feed. As always, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. That'll have the full hookup. But just get all up in our business, guys. That's right. Today we're going to be talking. Slide about Slide into Aggies. our DMs I, at Rod Zundel. <laughs> I know you guys like don't think that we care about the Aggies, but we do. They were the most fun team to watch this entire year. This is accurate. This, uh, I mean, the, you had the most high-powered offense I think in the state. Is that fair? The the most exciting offense to watch. Spearheaded by the one, the only Frankenstein's monster, Jordan Love. Jordan Chucky Keaton Love. He's a beast, man. Uh, if you guys remember, uh, on our, um, one of our duties is not only to produce the Sports Beat show, but I also like to dabble in graphic design. And I made this uh, cool comic basically saying that Jordan Love is basically the resurrected form of Chucky Keaton, just bigger, faster, and stronger. And that's true. It's not inaccurate. He he uh, passed for like 400 yards a game. Like, I'm pretty sure he averaged What he did was just stupid. It, like, seriously. <laughs> like, in the context of an entire season, what he did was, like, stupid. It's like going and playing NCAA football, 14, rest in peace, against a con- against, like, a controller that you put into your gaming console, yeah. but not having someone man the controller. <laughs> and you just literally are running streaks and just throwing the ball down the field. It's, it's, That's it's, what he was doing. It was almost like, we're like, okay, enough. Like, cool. 60 points. All right, we get it. We get what you're doing. <laughs> I only have a minute in this highlight reel. I can't fit all no, these touchdowns in. The worst <laughs> thing that we had to do during the football season was the college football recaps with Utah State because it was just touchdowns. We couldn't show any cool <laughs> defensive plays. Right. No unless picks. it was a defensive touchdown. No interceptions. No sacks. By yeah. the way, this is from the t- a team that was number four in the country in the interceptions. Yes. Just to throw that out Because there, but... all we had to do 
all we had time for yeah. was touchdowns because it's like, hey, you know, Utah State, oh, the one-minute drive, but yeah. they scored a touchdown in one minute. <laughs> and so we got to throw that on there. I mean, what they did was just stupid. And, I mean, props to them. Tied a school record for wins. Set a Mountain West Conference record in points scored in a season. Wow. Yeah. Beat the 2001 BYU mm-hmm. team, which is one of the best offensive teams in college football history. Absolutely. Um, and they, I mean, what they did was just, like I said, it was stupid. And it all started with uh, uh, Jordan Love at quarterback. Um, he had a phenomenal sophomore season. David Yost is like a evil genius. Yeah running an offense and then matt wells you got to give props to matt wells for what he's able to do with this team um turned him around from a three-win team to an 11-win team in, mm-hmm. in three seasons so props to matt wells um after coming off a six and seven season we expected big things i don't know that we expected 11 and two big things um and you know he got it done and he gets a big contract raise, a big raise. He's going to. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, we, it's not like we didn't see it coming. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, Matt Wells has his eyes always on the bigger picture, the on bigger the prize. prize. Yeah. Yes. Thank and you. in fact, this year, like, we didn't expect an 11 win season, but he was convinced that they were going to go out as Mountain West champions. They didn't get to, unfortunately, but. Uh, they were about one quarter away. They were, yeah. Uh, One quarter on the Blue Durban Boys. Against a tough team on probably the worst place to play, uh, both like field conditions wise and like home team crowd wise, but um, weather wise. Weather wise. But this was also a very beatable Boise State team. Yeah. I mean, this Boise State team this year wasn't a juggernaut like they've been several times, Mm -hmm. uh, even since joining the Mountain West. And I think maybe Utah State. And this might be a little bit hot takey, so prepare the hot take alert. But I, I, th- I think there's a chance that Utah State being unable to beat Boise State uh, this year with as good as they were, which with as good as Jordan Love was, which he threw for 3,500 yards and 32 touchdowns. Oh my gosh! I mean that's, that's ridiculous. Um, and yet they were still, it, granted, just a few inches away from surpassing Boise State, but they mm-hmm. still couldn't surpass Boise State. Yeah. Um, and part of me deep down wonders, and we'll probably never know the answer to this, sure. but part of me wonders if maybe that's not the reason why uh, Matt Wells, at the end of the season, decides to take the $3.1 million a year dip and head to Lubbock, Texas as head coach of the Red Raiders. Yeah. I I mean, if he would have won the Mountain West, would he have stayed? Probably not. I Maybe. Mean, his stock was really high, and that's the next level, right? I mean um, – there, also, I there can, are three point one million reasons sure. why he left Utah State. <laughs> yeah, I like. can't blame him for leaving for sure. Um, just a quick note on Jordan Love. So Jordan Love's numbers that he put together were stupid. Okay, how stupid were they? Well, just to put in some context, and I'm sorry for spinning this to like another local team that Utah State fans aren't going to be happy with, but like Jordan Love's season was unreal. I think yeah. that he deserved every award that he got. But you look at, like, what he did. Like, it's hard to imagine someone topping that. And I just looked up Ty Detmer's 1990 season uh-huh. where he won the Heisman. 5,300 yards and, um, excuse me, it was uh, 42 touchdowns. Wow. 
that's amazing. Yeah. And like Jordan Love, I was just like, it's hard to. Th- I mean, since Ty Detmer, I don't, I can't think of any uh, quarterback that's top numbers like that. Maybe Steve Sarkeesian in in the state, but Jordan Love, what he did was just absolutely ridiculous. And um, it's not like he got it all done on his own. I mean, sure. he had so many weapons around him. Uh, Gerald Bright, Darwin Thompson. Oh, that whole rotation was like their insane. running back Ron rotation Quavian, was Tarver. ridiculous. Ron yeah. Quavian Tarver, Savon Scarver as a returner. Yeah. Um, what they were able to do uh, on defense with like John Trell Rockmore, Aaron Wade, David um, Woodward, the rock in the middle. Yeah, David Woodward, he's only a sophomore. Wow. Like you Consensus look at all American. You look at this team and what they return next year. Okay, and we're going to talk about this. We talked about the coaching staff departures, but you know they're going to lose guys like Jalen Green, yeah. uh, Ron Quavian, Tarver, um, Darwin Thompson, and uh, uh, Dax Raymond are both going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Declared early, both even after their junior year, um, losing a couple of offensive linemen, most notably Quinn Ficklin and Roman Andrus. But yep. like they return a huge rock, a, a lot of that base. That really contributed. Yeah, they're they're set for a really special season next year, um, <clears throat> barring uh, you know any significant changes from the coaching staff, any sure. significant drop off. Um, I mean, I think Gary Anderson is capable of continuing what he originally established yeah. when he was originally hired and <laughs> was continued on by Matt Wells, and now will right. be um, Gary's going to take that mantle back. Yeah. Um, and let's and and they've got they've got the schedule, that, so they've got th- all that returning talent where Utah State could be really good next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've also got the schedule where they can make a ton of waves. Opening the season at Wake Forest, so a chance for a Power Five win. Yeah. Um, and then they're they're at LSU, wow. which I don't think that's you know a, a lot of self-deprecating Utah State fans sure. in the past would say, oh, just gonna go to Tiger Stadium and take a loss. I don't think that's one of those them. moments. Like, yeah. this LSU team's going to be beatable, and Utah State's going to be up there with the best G5 programs. Yeah. So, if they, I mean, if they can pick up wins over that, they get BYU at home, which is another chance to win on national television. Yeah. Um, and, and then they jump into Mount West play. Um, they get Boise State at home next year. They have to go to San Diego State. That might be their, their best conference game. But SDSU was very beatable this year. Do they play and, Fresno this year in 2019? Uh, they are. They're at Fresno. Okay. Fresno State, which top. is losing their quarterback, I want to say. But what Ted Tolner do, has done with that program, that turnaround that he's had, is great. Sure. So that that could be a little bit of a tricky landmine. But I mean, this is this is the type of schedule. Oh yeah. That That's the 2019 strong. schedule is the type of schedule that you want as a G5 team. Just enough chance to prove yourself and to make noise. And if you can do something big, barring UCF going undefeated for a third straight regular season, right. I mean, I I hate to heap expectations, but there is a chance we could be talking about Utah State uh, in a New Year Six Bowl projection. As long as everything goes their way, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, one throwing a little bit more love to David Woodward, um, journalist junkie and me wishes that regardless of the talent find every kid in the country with the last name Bernstein and offer him a scholarship every linebacker <laughs> so you have Woodward and Bernstein at linebacker and Nellie oh man so sorry that's just the 
little nerdy. Our, our friend, our friend Scotty G. Shut would up, ha- nerd. Our friend Scotty G would have to call those radio Woodward broadcasts. Woodward and Bernstein. Is there voice. are there any quarterbacks in uh, in the uh, Mountain West with the last name Nixon? <laughs> Woodward and Bernstein team up to take down Nixon. <laughs> Sorry, um, that saying, was just a thought I had like voice. several times without throughout the season. Yeah, all the Andersons men. See, oh my look gosh. at that. It, sorry. Make it happen. But you know what? I'm going to say this. As much, um, obviously, Utah State's, we talked about it, losing Matt Wells, getting a huge contract extension. David Yost is gone. Uh, defensive coordinator is gone. I like this coaching staff that they're able to build. Um, brought in some really good hires. Uh, uh, bringing, I, I can't remember the name of the offensive coordinator, but um, – uh, he has a great track record. I think he was previously with Toledo. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is Toledo. Their OC? Yeah. Mike Sanford Jr. Mike Sanford Jr. Previously of that. Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. I knew it was Maction. Sorry. Right. Um, Sundelchin. Sundelchin. Oh, whatever. Fun it's Delt. all the same. Um, <laughs> we're, we're not on TV because of our ability to report facts. Yeah. Um, Hashtag Fun Belt. But... Uh, I, I really like retaining Frank Miley. I think that he's someone that you need to have on your staff because of um, the, 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 the relationships that yeah. he has with these players on the team. I mean, they really bonded together. They really came together yeah. with four coaches on the staff led mm-hmm. by Frank Miley. They put together a great game plan um, to win that bowl game. And yeah. then you it was, had it was basically Frank Miley, Wanayunga, and a couple of GAs. Yeah. Chucky Keaton, yeah. Yeah. David Yost was back and forth, but and then you bring in uh, Justin Ina. Um, oh yeah. For uh, he's now the d- defensive coordinator in after kind of um, serving uh, as the linebackers coach at Utah the last couple years. But I really like the staff that Gary Anderson's put together, um, and I think they're going to do some special things. Like Sean said, they have a great opportunity to do so. Um, we'll just see if they're able to capitalize on the opportunities uh, and actually get it done. I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, Utah State did well with this coaching hire. Uh, but interestingly enough, it's not their only great coaching hire this year. Segway! Boom! And we are talking about Utah State hoops. Captain Craig F. Smith. Which, by the way, if you're not following Captain Craig F. Smith on Twitter – you need to do that right now. Pause this podcast. Go to Twitter. Uh, I'm going to do it. Go right find now. Captain Craig Smith. He's amazing. Um, How does he compare to uh, the the General Andrew Luck? Uh, very similar. Okay, perfect. Very similar. He kind of models himself after General Andrew Luck. Um, also, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say publicly what I was about to say. The Bronco Mendenhall um, one. But <laughs> yeah, that one's awesome. Interesting. Okay, I'll say that quietly. That one's really. Um, no, I, I'm a big fan of what Craig That's Smith good. was able to do, um, so far six and oh, as of tonight, six and oh at home. Um, uh, he, uh, finishes non-conference play 10 and three after the finale, a win in the, uh, non-conference finale against NAIA Eastern Oregon. That is the best start to the season by a first year ho- head coach in Utah State basketball history. Well, it's not like they've had very many uh, first-year coaches because no, they've had a few. Um, this was uh, this season is the best start by a so it's the best start by a first-year head coach in program history, and it tops the only other one that comes close was Stu Le- Morrill. 
Liddell Anderson went nine and four in his first season in 1961-62. Okay, which is interestingly enough, Stu Morrill started coaching there two years later. His first season was two years later. Yes, bad fair. joke. Sorry, yeah, I'm fair. just saying. That's I was fair. just making a joke that Stu Morrill's been around forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I like what Craig Smith was able to do. Um, you know, towards the end of Stu's tenure at Utah State, they kind of lost a little bit of the Spectrum Magic. Um, moving to the Mountain West, the team wasn't quite the same wasn't able to dominate competition quite as well a little bit disappointing they lost some fans in the stands and then with tim durier unfortunately the program just didn't live up to the expectations that utah state had built under Stu moral and craig smith so far has kind of brought it back i mean mm-hmm. he's had some really really good wins yeah, and um, can I can I say this publicly, guys? I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get trashed on Twitter or, or somewhere online on those kids on comment board somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Reddit, <laughs> wherever. Um, I was not a fan of the Craig Smith hire. I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. I saw what he did at South Dakota. He had a good year. Uh, he also had a couple years where he was very Tim Durier like. So that's kind of how um, you kind of felt the way that Texas Tech fans felt about the uh, Matt Wells hire. Yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. I, I just, I wasn't certain it was a great hire, and I felt like it was so far outside of the box that it was kind of, it was athletic director John Hartwell really trying to make his stamp on the Utah State Athletic Department um, without thinking about culture and fit and bringing somebody into Logan who knows the area and knows the lay of the land, knows how to work with return missionaries, which is a really big deal in college basketball. Um, I, I wasn't sure if Craig Smith had all of that. Um, but he came in, he brought along like half of his staff from South Dakota, which I think now was a great move. He brought in a couple of transfers. He went all the way to freaking Portugal to get a post player. Uh, who uh, Nimas Kieta has been an absolute revelation monster in the post. Yeah, he's going to be really well, good. And being um, able to do this with the departure of their best player that they've ever had. In... Second best. Okay. Second best player. I mean, come on. One of the best now. recruits that they've ever had in program no, history. No, Kobe McEwen's though. awesome. Kobe McEwen's awesome. Yeah. Is yeah. really impressive. That's yeah. all I was going to say. But shout out to Sam Merrill. He's the Luka Doncic of uh, uh, college <laughs> basketball. Shouts to B-Town. Oh yeah, go Braves! <laughs> Shouts to B Town. Um, but yeah, I—I I mean, Craig Smith. Craig Smith has made a believer out of me in that hire. Um, I don't think his program's there yet. I don't think he's there yet as Utah State's head coach. But you can't argue with results. He's done a great job early on. Uh, if he keeps this train rolling, it could turn out to be secretly one of the best hires in college basketball this past offseason. Absolutely. Um, one last story i want to plug um just want to pay some respects to steve wiley the longtime equipment manager aka the night runner for the utah state football team he passed away last week um after a an amazing feature on espn just going through all the sacrifice that he's made um paying expenses out of his own pocket using his own equipment to haul the utah state football team equipment across the country um, for all their away games. He did it for a long time out of his own pocket, never accepted any money, nothing. He just wanted to give back to a community, a team that he loved. Uh, he passed away last week. Um, and I'm going to read some words that were written by 
a man that I aspire to write like one day. I never will. Kyle Benagra? It says, Steve Wiley was an integral part of the success of Utah State football over the years. He wasn't a player nor a coach or even a high-level university administrator within the athletic department, but he was one thing to the Aggies' family. Players know him as Pops. He's known as the night runner by fans. And uh, I just want to say rest in peace to Steve Wiley. R.I.P. Thank you, Sean, for those words. I just <laughs> Shout out to Kyle Bonagara. Go look up his story on ESPN.com. Uh, probably one of the top ten pieces of journalism I read this year. Wow. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Kyle Bonagara, the night runner on ESPN.com. You can still find it on their app. And, and then he did places. a nice follow-up after yeah. Steve passed away. And, fantastic. Um, talked about. Yeah, Steve, uh, he, he has, his grave will overlook Maverick Stadium, which is really special. So, yeah. yeah. Rest really in cool. peace, Pops. Rest in peace, indeed. Well, Aggies all the way. I think we're all <laughs> in agreement. Um, thanks for listening to our podcast about the Aggies. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be releasing different podcasts uh, pretty frequently this week as we're wrapping up the 2018 sports year. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to Sports Beyond After Hours. I am Hemi Emily Jr., the digital deacon Sean Walker, and Zachary Hicken. Night, guys. <laughs>